This is a test of the emergency podcast system. Repeat, this is a test of the emergency podcast system. Disaster Girls is an unironic excavation of disaster movies with profiles as high as the tallest volcano and as low as the Marianas Trench. In order to ensure your safety and enjoyment, please remain calm and keep your ears locked on your hosts, myself, Jordan Cruciola, and me, Amanda Smith. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Disaster Girls. It is I, Disaster Girl co-chair Jordan Cruciola. And it's me, Amanda Smith. I guess I am also a co-chair. Yeah, like we are the, the co-chairs of the Disaster Girls Committee, <laughs> um, which very much sounds like a sorority girl thing, which I think is fun. Yeah. Um, I mean, we have we have uniforms now. We do. We do have we have whole outfits that you can wear yeah. to cite your Disaster Girl pride. Exactly. Yeah. And today, it's another new release week. Oh my god, just the bounty of disaster that we have been that has been bestowed upon us this month. It's incredible. Month. Unbelievable. And this one's not going to do cocaine bear numbers. This one's not going to be the cultural sensation that is cocaine bear, but it is 65 and I had a good time. Yeah, I after I watched this, one of the things that I walked away from it feeling was like it, they had done a they had done this movie a huge disservice mm-hmm. by spoiling the fact that he ends up 65 million years ago. Yeah, I want God. That's like I wonder what those conversations were like around cutting the trailer because there had to be one where it was like, guys, do we, do we? Like, what's yeah. the upside if we don't? What's the upside if we do? That had to have been a conversation. Oh, yeah, there was. I mean, it's that thing of, and I like I read I read a, I don't remember which review because I was like, how were other people taking this? Because I quite enjoyed this, and yeah. I realized, oh, I'm the only one. Um, yeah, it's it's got yeah. a 38% on Rotten Tomatoes, which feels like it doesn't need to have like a fucking 70, but that feels a little ungenerous to me. It feels low for a movie that is that moves quickly, that has decent, act, good acting. Like, yeah, I was, I was moved yeah. by the found parent-child arc. Yeah, and it's... This is I, no worse than the fucking Mandalorian, you guys. That's, that's and the thing. That's a this hit. This is not... This is not reinventing the wheel, but it is doing something extremely timely in terms of like what we're looking for in our cultural collective right now, which seems to be dudes with random children. I will take Adam Driver as a burlier Pedro Pascal. Yes. As a horseman. Like just giant. Centaur Pedro Pascal. Like the, one of the things I appreciated about sending Adam, in, in particular Adam Driver, to sixty-five million years ago, was that scale-wise, like yeah, I do have more confidence he could take on dinosaurs. I do too. He's Seventeen feet tall. Yeah, he's a he's a sequoia he's, of a man. He's America's largest man, it's and so, so if we possible. need to send someone back in time for that. Then that's although to be fair, let's answer the first question off the top, which is that no, it's not time travel. Yeah, it's not. It's just adjacent like other civilizations elsewhere so this is almost in the moon moon catastrophe that's my movie this is in the moonfall universe as far as i'm concerned that's a fair this, point that's a yeah, fair like, point this actually isn't not part of the <clears throat> moonfall expanded universe no this is a movie about a advanced civilization that is doing star travel millions of years ago they say it right at the top yeah like, that's why when i said you you, you were, were like, so I right drive. if i had missed the first five minutes of this movie it would have no just sense. been a like oh, there's no backstory. He just crash landed here and he's clearly an explorer from another planet of humans. Uh, So here we'll watch him get off this planet. 
wouldn't yeah. have, would not have been aware at all of why he was ready to shoot himself in the face. Yeah. Um in, and surrender life immediately upon becoming stranded on earth. Yeah. Wouldn't I would have it, been like fuck it, it this guy have depressed. Yeah, you, you you need to like this is one of the rare times where you need to be in your seat for the opening moments because they have so much exposition mm-hmm. over just the the night sky. And I which was a choice. I like the little backstory. We open up on another planet far away and we're on a beautiful beach and a little mm-hmm. girl is playing in the surf. She's probably like a, a tween, maybe early teen. Um, and Adam Driver is like talking to his wife and this is clearly their child. And like he clearly leaves on expeditions. Uh, but normally it sounds like six weeks is kind of like the longest he's usually gone. Uh, but he's got to be gone for two years on this one. And the reason he's even taking it is because it sounds like they're what like doubling or tripling his salary or something. And yeah. his child has a terminal condition. And this will give them the money that they she could t- treat it and possibly even be cured. Yeah. Which, which it we was will re- learn eventually was not the case. No. No. Child had mysterious wasting disease. You knew yes, it was, was a wasting disease. Yep. She 100%. Just, she had wasting disease. And you know, like, it was, she's played by Chloe Coleman, who she was in the absolutely underrated delightful my spy the dave batista oh yeah yeah Yeah. my spy was good i just watched it a few days ago or a couple weeks ago and i was like man this kid is great what is she up to like she should be doing stuff and then i really stole my heart in her limited scenes in this Mm -hmm. i was like you are a real child i am 100 percent down with this yeah she's she she has she's fantastic like i love her ability to just there's a wisdom to her that doesn't ever feel precocious Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like just there's a wisdom to her eyes that never feels like it's that like overly cutesy overly self-aware that kids Mm -hmm. sometimes get in acting it's just like there just seems to be something very there's something very calming about her presence Mm -hmm. that i find very mature and lovely and yeah i like she was i was i was not surprised and I was not particularly moved by learning that she had, of course, died. Ah, sure. Because yeah. I was, was hoping like, she, I would have preferred for her to live. Of course. But the, here's the thing, Jordan. She can't live because he's got to take the new disaster child he's just adopted. Yeah. He, yeah. Because he's, 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 he's showing up on his home planet with this girl and being like, hey, wife, who's been in mourning thinking that I'm dead mm-hmm. and that had to mourn and bury our daughter alone and probably is a lot of anger at me at this point. Yeah. Meet the new child. Meet the new child. Who I'm bonded with and has an untold amount of trauma. But you're going to probably be the primary caregiver for because I'm still going to have to make these intergalactic missions. Yeah. Yeah. And. Like there was a sequel. There, this, there is a Kramer versus Kramer sequel about their divorce. <laughs> I, 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 I really. They do what I thought was. I thought they really handled well. Because he obviously has like uh, discs. He, he has like files yeah. that his daughter has sent him recordings of her back home. And we see those play out intermittently over the course of the movie. And there's a great, I, I really like the sequence where the, because he in the ship that he is on, mm-hmm. supposed to be a two year long mission. At presumably the halfway or a bit past the halfway point. Yeah. They uh, unexpectedly, everybody else on the ship but him, because he's the pilot, uh, they're in cryostasis. And the ship runs into an unplanned, like, oh, God, it came out of nowhere, field of asteroids. And so the ship sustains heavy losses. It breaks in half. We see cryo beds flying into outer space. It's like, oh, fuck, this is bad. And by the time he crash lands, he he sees some of the cryo beds, like, 
scattered about on the ground like everyone's fucking dead except he yeah. finds one tube with life with a heart still beating in it and it's this young girl her parents were killed when the cryo tubes went down and she the little girl and she comes to she starts like playing these video files that she finds of his daughter and i thought it was a really the way and the performance by this the, this young actress to watch her go through like all these emotions of her dad being gone and sending these videos of like loving him and missing him and like wanting to update him on school and what's going on and then one being like i just hate you so much i'm so and crying i was like this is i feel like this is taking me a long way right now i was really pleased with the effectiveness yeah. of us getting to know her over the course of that and then we see the terribly heartrending video of her just like looking very ill and being like i'm just so tired and you're yeah. like oh she's gone because when he as soon as he crash yeah. lands he like surveys the scene when he doesn't think there's any survivors, he's about ready to send. A, he's about ready to send a transmission that's like, ships cut in half, no survivors. Send help. Here's a distress signal. Then he deletes that. Yeah, when he deleted that, that was I was like, oof. Okay, yeah, I was like, wait, what's liked- the delete mean? And then it got yeah. really heavy because he's like, ships in half, uncharted planet, no need for rescue. Yeah, and then we just see him like kneeled on the ground with his finger on the trigger of his spaceman gun, like ready to shoot his fucking face off. And it's like, and at this point we're not like, we don't know that the daughter is dead. So I'm just, it's just like, man, is this, he racked with guilt because he was yeah. asleep when this happened and everyone's dead. And then it's like, Oh, you had no reason to go on living and now you were just going to end it all. But then he doesn't do that. And then he finds the little girl's pod goes, finds it recovers her. And now they're family. Now he has a child. See, and one thing I found very believable about this movie was the moment when I realized that even 65 million years ago in another civilization, they still would be like, yeah, your kid's dying. Well, you know, you can work. You can work for it and then your kid (laughs) won't die. This other planet, not a utopia. This other planet, this has a healthcare system like ours. Yeah. Yeah, this is 65 million years. They couldn't invent anything better. This isn't Star Trek where we work to better ourselves. This is capitalism on another world. Yeah, but it did really draw attention to me of like, man, you know, in terms of people who I'd want to be long haul space truckers, I would like my long haul space trucker not to be distracted wondering whether or not he'll be able to afford his daughter's health care. No, because you know what happens when he's distracted and depressed and his daughter had to wait to get health insurance or whatever until he could take a two year trip. In the middle of his two-year trip, she dies. And then he's so depressed, he just sleeps. And that's when you sail into asteroids. Yeah. And that's what happened. So let this be a lesson to you, space capitalists. Make so sure I, the kids get health care. And guys, I would say the twist, because they do tell you it's Earth, the twist of this movie is that Mills, Adam's character, Mills has crash-landed on Earth mm-hmm. mere days Hours before. Before the asteroid that killed the dinosaurs is about to make contact. Can I? Right where he's sitting. And so I think that means we can basically put him like, that means that's like the crater on the Yucatan Peninsula, right? Like, is that our best guess? I don't think. I think if we're. The science of this movie. Sure. Is not there. Uh, yeah, Let's because noteworthy guys, dinosaurs, they're taking a non-traditional approach to the appearance mm, of dinosaurs in this, which they I are frankly- real non-traditional, man. I liked, I don't, I was, I to me, the, 
I would like the reality index conversation to basically completely center around the dinosaurs in this movie. Oh my God. Because they are, they are, like, at one point, there's a T-Rex running like a horse. Like, it is, yeah. it's got super arms, not like baby T-Rex arms. And it, like, when we see it standing full height, it's like, bigger than trees but then it's it like huge. hunches down and it's on its all fours and it's like oh you travel on all fours and i like there are raptor-esque little guys that are yep. and there is is there is there a strain of thought that's like raptors were smaller than we thought or am i thinking of something else no i mean like so here's the thing the the raptors in it were the closest thing we can't like to being scientifically accurate. Yes, there are okay, a that's range, what I thought. That ra- like Jurassic Park size. raptors are bigger than... So there are Jurassic. There are raptors that were as big as the ones in Jurassic Park. They just mm-hmm. aren't velociraptors. They right, were Dionychus. Okay. So the Dionychus is like six feet-ish. Mm. Velociraptors would be more like four. Um, but there are... I don't remember which one. I don't remember the sizing differences. I always get mixed up. But there definitely were ones that were basically like the size of these, which appear to be kind of like large dogs yeah it looks like large dogs yeah um but with that like they do the cawing and the kind of like barking thing and they have like the lithe build of a raptor so it's like oh is this like them tipping us off that these are raptors yeah i mean it's they are they're very clearly supposed to be raptors they just also like with all of their dinosaur designs just really i mean you know what they're those so those like crocodile not crocodile, but the ones that were really lizardy. Yeah, they're like, it's like a, it's like if a Komodo dragon was more of a dinosaur. Yeah, and if you kind of removed their hip bone attachments so that their body moved the way that you would imagine like a Kardashian slithers. <laughs> yes. That's the best way I can, like, you know, they looked like um in Kong Skull Island. Oh. They look like those mon. Remember those mon? They look yeah. like small versions of those monsters. Those yeah. Like, rah, rah, rah. Um, but yeah, that was that. And the dinosaur modeling choices were fascinating. They there's um, um there's it, they they went they go for a pretty bird like uh look on several of them like giving them like like the feathers and the kind of like yeah which that's accurate that thick off of, yeah I was like okay they're going with they're going with the avian thing, um and then the the T Rexes are like conventional until we see like the super t-rex which is the one that runs on like all fours the pterodactyls are like pterodactyls you recognize until we get like a close-up of them at which point they look like pterodactyl pelicans with large faces yeah they were they were some sort of a flying reptile ish yeah they really like made their own yeah the choice that they made to basically have this like Adam Driver landed in a place that is all predators, no prey, apparently. <laughs> Just zero prey. Nothing. It's true. It's got the highest density I've ever seen of predators. Yeah, uh, in for- one feeding area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just all there waiting for the buffet to open and there's nothing. It's, <laughs> yeah. It was, yeah. I Which, like, I don't care. I don't care. No. I know that, like... You I were mean, so uh, right about uh, you were so right about the importance of Adam Driver rescuing a small dinosaur. Was from it? Oh my god! Is that not pit. the best moment in the movie? It's great. So at one point, like this is one of the nice things I found about like the fact that no one goes to movies anymore is that as I'm in the theater, I can now sit there and check my clock to see at what point, like pacing wise, when certain <laughs> events happen. Because my favorite game is to be like, oh, is this the sighting inciting incident? Is yeah. this the half the third act break? Like I love playing the the story structure game which is 
so psychotic, but that's besides the point. Um, <laughs> that is a very dorky thing. <laughs> it's so dorky, but it's like my favorite thing to do is be Fantastic. like, when I'm watching a movie is is figure out, okay, well, are we at the 10 minute mark? Is this the inciting incident? Right. Oh, here's the midpoint. Um, and I feel very satisfied when I properly guess it. Excellent. But excellent. Anyway, so, but when that happened, when he, when, he, so we're at like, the end of the first act kind of situation where he's finally kind of getting into a safe spot with this girl because the the orphan child does not speak we're going to call it english because that's yeah. the language that they're speaking but she's probably it's an from alien a language northern quote northern territories yeah wherever that is on the planet that he came from she's from the northern territories so she speaks the dialect that they would speak there yes and he cannot speak it and he doesn't have a translator her and name is Koa. So, Koa, that's right. Her name is Koa. And, okay, I did just, so just to pause this for a second, because <clears throat> I was like, am I losing my mind? And then I forgot to look it up. But no, the asteroid did hit water. That's okay. what I thought. I thought it hit water. So no, just to, just to clarify in terms of the things that they are be like, yeah, science doesn't matter. The location of the impact. Mm-hmm. They really switched that one up. Yeah, it goes, it goes headlong it hits, into a valley. It hits a valley. And it because like the Yucatan Peninsula, like it's yeah. narrow, like the, the the size of that crater where the Yucatan Peninsula is, like encompasses land and sea. Yes, and that's by the way that the the Yucat- that is not the impact crater is not visible. We don't we can't see. There's we, no impact crater visible. Okay, no. we don't know. No, no, no. There, we we know where it is from like doing remote mapping and stuff, but we oh. don't have. There's not a visible. Where crater. have we remote mapped that to? Um. So it's it is down like. It's in the Central America area. Yeah, it's in that hook where you're thinking of. It's just right off of it. And it wasn't caused. That was not caused by the meteor, which is by the asteroid. But it definitely wasn't in what it appeared to be of like modern modern montana is yeah it looked, looked like, like it looked like uh like the evergreen rainforests of my pacific northwest it yeah, was a very yeah, yeah. oregon looking kind of and i had a couple very stoned thoughts while i was watching this movie and one Which was just like because you don't no so. no but i was just i was watching it and like it just popped in my head it's like man it's so crazy that like when you're in the forest it's like it's 65 million years ago like mm-hmm. he's just walking and i was like because, you know, you hear like 65 million years. You know, there are dinosaurs. And it's like, yeah. And that doesn't mean that like plants were talking. It like right. It just, it was just nature. It was yeah. just all nature. And so I was like thinking about like walking around back home near like Shelbourne Falls. and being like, wow, going out there, I could like pretend like it's 65 million years ago. And then there is like we, I will say what happened. Like there, if you look, watch it into the credits, it shows like the progression uh-huh. of like the valley is scorched earth, everything's dead. And then that becomes, like, that clears up and it's not scorched earth anymore. And then there's the Ice Age. And you see, like, a mammoth walking in the distance. And then that becomes, like, a big field of wheat and a clearing. And then there's, like, a city that pops up. So it, like, traces the 65 million years. And through the whole thing, there are mountains in the back. I was, and then I watched me being like, man, mountains have been here the, the whole fucking time. Mm-hmm. This crazy. It's That's crazy. crazy yeah. that like I look at Mount Hood and it's been there no, fucking forever, yeah. man. That's nuts that I mean, we Mount, can Mount go Hood to places for forever. But yeah. Yeah. But like like as yeah. much forever as my mind can understand. Yeah. Like if you like go climb Mount Hood, it's like shit. You are touching like ancient earth. Mm-hmm. 
That's insane. Yeah. yeah. That's insane. I mean, I, I don't recall. Oh, okay. So the, I mean, the Appalachian Mountains would have been there. Like, okay. Yeah. Appalachians are that old. A, a lot of the mountain ranges we have here are more modern, but Appalachians, mm. that could have, that, yeah. Are the Himalayas old. that old? Um, or do we think, are they newer? I don't know. That's always one of those things. My favorite, one of those fun words. It's the Himalayan orogeny. So when you call a mountain building it's event, called it's called an orogeny. Orogeny with an O, but okay. it's, you say it orogeny. Yeah. And okay. so it sounds fun because there's just <laughs> no, there's no <laughs> geology terms that aren't really fun. Okay. So the rocks are Cretaceous to Cenozoic, which means that, yeah. When did they form? Wow. Let's see. They formed 40 to 50 million years ago. Jesus. So a little bit after the dinosaurs died. Yeah. I loved when we when we land um, on Earth and there's kind of yeah. a couple, like there's like wide shots of the terrain. And we see just like in the distance, there's just like three tornadoes. And it was I know, like, going yeah, over mountains man. for no good reason. Great stuff. Crazy Earth. I don't know what's going on here. Like meteorologically, why those tornadoes would be there. It doesn't really look like there would be, but okay. Mm-mm. Tornadoes Look like flatland. Untamed land. But it's wild. Yeah. No, tornadoes like flatland. So that was made again, no sense, but it Yeah, they good, were tornadoes. So I don't care. In mountains for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It was great stuff. I mean, the thing the thing credit where credit's due for a movie that is mostly about Adam Driver walking through forest with a small child and not talk and just like occasionally half talking to her. Yeah. They they went all out. I felt like they they at least tried to really be like, you know what? We're not going to be bringing a whole lot of like dialogue. We're not it's going to be pretty much it's a there's I think 5 actors total in this movie for. Mm-hmm. They're not they're just going to put all of their money into showing us these weird ass dinosaurs. And for for what and, the dinosaurs were, like yeah. fictionalized or not, I thought they looked really good. They looked great. Looked I good. thought they looked really good. Yeah, it looked creepy. Loved the final, so like at the end, so they've set up in the beginning out of, there just happens to be hydrothermal vents there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they are, they are also in Yellowstone, you guys. Yeah, yeah, it, like they really, it's just there, it's there. And it's just like, okay, sure, why not? That totally is what would have been there, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the hydrothermal vents get set up and then at the end when the T-Rexes are attacking the escape pod, and Adam Driver just starts running with the, to get the T-Rex to chase him and takes him to those hydrothermal vents and burns its face off. Yeah, was Great that um, stuff. Was that uh, like acidic water or was it hot temperature? I think probably a mix of both. Yeah, because it seemed like because he he gets brushed by one of the geysers at mm-hmm. one point and he looks down at his suit and like something had kind of happened to it from the water. So he's leading the the T-Rex to like place him over one of these vents and it, the geyser comes up and yeah. like the, the coup de gras on that T-Rex-ish is that it's basically fucking melted to death. His whole face gets melted off. Yeah, it was like, it was like in that, um... I don't remember the name of it, but it had um oh damn it, why am I forgetting her name right now? She unfortunately played an indigenous woman. Uh oh, um the uh Aztec Rex? Aztec Rex! Aztec Rex when it As- blows off half of its face. Yes, Aztec Rex where it melts off the dinosaur's fucking face. That's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was it was it was a good use of of budgeting there. 
for sure. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, you know, it was almost as good as a rhino being hit by a car. Daichin Lachman. Yeah. Daichin Lachman versus dinosaur. Dinosaur getting its fa- its face melted off. Yeah. Um yeah, but and and, and the 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 uh, effects of the melted dinosaur head all looked very cool. Yeah. You know what a thing I loved about it being the ver- the doorstep of the apocalypse was that I felt really bad watching Adam Driver kill the dinosaurs because I was like, man, this sucks. I don't want the yeah. dinosaurs to have to die. But then it was like, well, <laughs> they're all going. They're all anyway. gonna. <laughs> like, yeah, that's a great point. These I dinosaurs thought of have that. like two hours left, so yeah. I feel less bothered by him killing the dinosaurs to survive instead of teaming up with them because their, it's honestly, their I mean, time's up. It, it, he probably gave some of those a more merciful death than they were going to otherwise have. So good, good on him. I, I do. I, did I tell you that I predict accidentally predicted the twist? No. In this movie with Dustin. <laughs> no. So back in May, one of the hazards of being friends with me is that I will just text you whenever I'm thinking a thought. And poor Dustin gets all of my dinosaur thoughts. Dustin, ah, who, well, you can hear. Oh man, Dustin's yeah. set up for that. Yeah, I mean, so if you if you're unfamiliar of who Dustin is, he uh, Dustin Groix, the dino, internet dinosaur guy. Uh, check out our episodes with Jurassic Park for yeah, him. Yeah, you and can then, experience Dustin on this pod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the Jurassic Park, Jurassic World Dominion. Um, so I texted him and I was like, I have the most. I have to ask you the most important question anybody's ever going to ask you. If you could go back in time to the late Cretaceous, but it's on the day the asteroid hits and you don't know when it will strike, would you go? And which, like, he was like, that's a stupid question. You're asking me if I'd go back in time with the knowledge that I could die. And I'm like, yeah, but you could get to see dinosaurs. Like, you'd get to see dinosaurs first. He didn't He didn't appreciate that question, but I, <laughs> when I walked out of the movie, when I walked out of the movie, I was like, hold on, I have... I have predicted this. And I like went and found the text because yeah, that is this movie asks that question. Would you go back in time to the Cretaceous if it was going to be on the day the dinosaurs died and you just don't know when it's going to happen? And I thought like, I, I, I actually kind of think it's a stroke of genius on the writer's part. Like what a great way. I to, thought it was great. Yeah. Great way to, to put a ticking clock on it to give like, you know, that it's not just, oh, they got to get out of here because it's dangerous to them because apparently this is the only place in the world where predators just even if you attack them back, we'll keep going. Yeah. <laughs> like, I've no, I, the T-Rex is getting shot in the face by his space gun and still being like, no, we're going forward. Yeah. Sure. Well, they're not? all starving because it's a pure predator landscape. That's right. That's true. They're all starving. God. I'm saying, yeah, it was a little critics consensus. The consensus little blurb is sodden. What does that mean? sodden sci-fi that somehow finds a way to bungle Adam Driver fighting dinosaurs, 65 is closer to zero. Jesus. Okay, but like, yes, I mean, you fuck, and I were man? also of the attitude when going into this of like, I want Adam Driver to punch a dinosaur. Like you and I were, were doing that. But I mean, I, I assume for you as well, you redirected once you very quickly, oh. once you realized what kind of movie this was going to be. As soon as we open mm. on a yeah, man with a dying child over leaving his dying child. Yeah. I was like, oh, there's a story as well. Like that yeah. pivot was quite upfront. Right. They don't, I, you are not given a movie for 15 minutes that becomes a different movie 20 yeah. minutes later. 
Yeah, this isn't like it opens with the vibe of Guardians of the Galaxy and then suddenly becomes a depressing slog through 65 million years ago. Like, we're very clear up front with this movie of this is going to be earnest. These are going to be the circumstances. Yeah. And it's just about the guy surviving and there happen to be dinosaurs in it. Yeah. And I think kind of a lot of the critical issues with it are that, again, that situation of people just being like, this wasn't the movie that I thought it was going to be and therefore I'm going to hold that against it. Yeah. I, I, is this John, the best movie? No, but it was fine. It was perfectly acceptable. I like this little pull quote from apparently John Nugent with Empire Magazine. A short, sharp, largely original major studio movie. Mm-hmm. Unbound to any, any franchise or intellectual property. At a time when such a concept is being threatened with extinction. Also, it has a T-Rex in it. Sometimes that's enough. Great. See, that's Period. it. Period. That's, that's perfect. Period. Perfect. That's what the movie needed to be. Yeah. I felt yeah. when they 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 end up in a in a little cave system at one point, and she's little, so she's able to shimmy through a tiny crack between mm-hmm. rocks to get out like more nimbly than he is. And then of course the rocks start to cave in, and he has to shimmy backwards as she stays stays on the other side, and this rock fall separates them, and he is screaming in anguish her name and he hears like the little hand whistle that, oh my that God, the hand they, they both do and he that you know so he realizes she's alive and he just like picks up his shit and he's got to find another way out when they get separated when he is screaming in, in horror I was like I am upset yeah I am upset I want these two reunited like I was yeah. very in I was very into and I think he played I think Adam Driver played it just right where he's not He's brusque when he first meets her, but mm-hmm. he's not, like, overly shitty. Like, yeah. he's not doing the, like, I can never love again thing. And, like, being mean to her, he's just not being, like, nice. And But so, like, the softening of him to the point where he ends up when he's clearly adopted this child, it made it, I felt like it was a believable stretch of time. Yeah. Because he didn't go from, like, ultra-hardened victim of great loss to like the most softest marshmallow in the world he felt like the same person he felt true to the character that he was the entire time and I thought that was a good touch because these movies can just be played so broad I actually thought that was a really nice measured choice right I think that that's one of those that was one of the things that really works for me with this movie is that we don't see like you don't get the sense that this kid has healed all of his pain no or like gotten him over the death of his daughter there is a little bit of the vibe of like okay this guy's just bringing back an orphan child and is definitely going to just show up at his house with his orphan and make (laughs) his wife take care of like that's you do definitely get the sense that like okay so we're just gonna like this is your kid now kind of situation but there's never a sense of like yeah I I think you're absolutely right there's never a sense of like oh I can never love again and I yeah it's just it takes him from basically being like I gotta survive I don't need to survive to I need to survive for this kid to I want to survive for this kid and those are three different stages and they're all very good and they're well played and I mean and it happened and it happens in a reasonable pace in 90 minutes yeah Yeah, well done economically and I mean the kid is a great disaster kid she's uh, she's fantastic yeah Uh, she's a great job uh, she's going to be in Barbie, which we were just speaking about Barbie. I'm assuming. <laughs> Her name so is she's- Ariana Greenblatt. Yes. And she did a great job. Very cute. Very like. Incredible eyebrows. Yes. Great wow. eyebrows. Did a lot of really good work of just kind of like being fun and young and a little overwhelmed. And that was. Yeah. She was I, I loved her. And it just. Yeah. The movie. I It was funny because I walked away from it just kind of being like, man, I. 
it's again it's like with beast where it's just like this is a great oh it's on tv yeah i'll stop and watch it movie yeah this is i when i walked when i was walking out of it i was like this is a perfect mm-hmm. amc a-list movie yeah like because you should see it on a big screen you should yeah. see if you're gonna see this you should see it on a big screen but i get if you're like i don't want to go spend 18 15 dollars on this i get that but you have a subscription plan where you've already paid for that ticket get out there yeah, i go see it i ended up at a i ended up at a like the the grove theater which i don't live far from it has they they like renovated and put in like three state-of-the-art new cinemas in there and one one of them's like amc prime and then the other one is the imax it's a limax and then the other one is like dolby laser and i ended up in the dolby laser theater and i was like this is the fucking way to watch this movie yeah that's where that was crisp sound crisp Mm -hmm. visuals this is atmos sound like fantastic yeah, that's the one I saw it in too. It looks good. It it plays well. It it looks good on a screen. Yeah, my my I seat mean, was rumbling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know all of the all of the dinosaur terrors looked great, sounded good, didn't make sense scientifically, didn't care. It's <laughs> yeah. just you know, yeah. Well, I just want to see Adam Driver pull a baby dinosaur out of a tar pit. Yeah. And then immediately that baby dinosaur get eaten by tiny raptors. Oh, man. I really, I did actually really like that scene because it really, mm-hmm. it really does toy with your expectations. Yeah. Like, the reason they go to save the dinosaurs because the little girl, because uh, Koa sees the dinosaur struggling in the tar. So she just runs over there and he's like, no, stop. And she runs over there and she's trying to save it. So he realizes he's got to get this thing out of the fucking tar if he wants her to like be quiet and follow him. So they pull it out of the tar together and it goes like walking away slowly. And then it is descended upon by half a dozen tiny raptors. Just ripping it apart. Circle of life, man. Circle of life. And she is beside herself. Yes. Understand, like, this yeah, is totally yeah, I mean, understandable. She understandable. is learning a hard lesson right now. Yeah, like that thing's intestines came out. Yeah, it is tough for that kid right she now. She just, she just wanted to see it survive, and she thought that they had done that, mm-hmm. and then no bloodbath right before her eyes. Yeah, it's. Um, I realized just now, like, one, how many different ground-based form, like, random ground-based hazards there are in this movie. There's oh a yeah, carpet. quicksand guys. There's quicksand. Yeah. When does quicksand come up as a plot point in a movie anymore? But there's quicksand. But to the movie's credit, it does bookend really nicely. The tar pit and then Adam Driver mm-hmm. falling into quicksand and she goes back and saves him. I was, was wondering like, you know too, like, cute. is she going to have like a, like, she's not going to be able to pull him. She very smartly mm-hmm. grabs a tree bit and just pulls it as low as she can. And it's just like hanging her whole body weight to get like a tree branch to dip into this lake of quicksand. And he like feels it and pulls his way out. And I was like, that was a really smart move. That yeah. was very well handled. Yeah. And it seems like an age appropriate response and it makes sense. The, yeah. I, I, I really liked the way that they navigated their environments. I thought that the use, like, I thought that was just, like, a beautiful, it was well done. It, it, whether or not it made any sense to have a tar pit, uh, hydrothermal activity, and then (laughs) quicksand all in one place within, like, a 15-kilometer walk. Yeah. Sure, fine. I'm not going to question it. Um, It kept it, like, you never knew what, I I couldn't have predicted that there would be quicksand, so it kept it moving. And then, like, the whole cave sequence. 
was a really good effective cave sequence. God, when he's in the caves and the dinosaur in the cave dinosaur yeah. attacks him and he has this like cool little magic doodad yeah. is the best way to describe it because it just seems to sort of like it's the sort of futuristic technology that just seems to do everything. Yeah, it's like when you watch The Expanse and everyone's like quote unquote phones are mm-hmm. just a clear rectangle that do every conceivable job. Yeah, like this thing every loca- every job. Everything. This thing located where the other escape where the escape pod was, it determined it it identified and determined the point of impact of the asteroid. Yeah. But most importantly, it shows him where in relation to his form the other dinosaur is in this presumably like pitch black without with the exception of his light pitch yeah. black cave. I loved so he's at this point now wrestling fighting this dinosaur. Yeah. And they just after a certain point just pan away and show the little like graphics from the screen of the dinosaur fighting him and the two of them wrestling. Yeah. I thought that was a great workaround for what probably would have looked like shit otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> would have looked like it would have trash like, cgi it would have looked so bad and then i would have spent the whole time imagining adam driver wrestling with a guy in a green suit with motion capture all over him yeah yeah and they avoided it completely by just showing us on the little projectory thing what wound up being a pretty nice little harrowing tumble yeah like, that's cool. a great solve great work yeah problem solved creative i liked it yeah i you know i just i i just think this movie did exactly what it set out to do yeah yeah, I again, I, I I think that there's a degree to which we are now expecting spectacle out of movies that never were going to give you spectacle the way that you wanted it to, and you wouldn't have found satisfying if it had been. If and the thing is, like, been... when you saw the when I saw the trailer, this was like Adam yeah. Driver is in this fucking movie, and yeah. then when you see the movie that it is, you're like, yeah, I get why Adam Driver took this movie. Totally this get is, it. This is a lonely, sad man and a little girl surviving together it's like that's an adam driver movie but as and as soon as as soon as this movie reveals what it is at the very beginning it stops becoming an adam driver punching a dinosaur movie yeah it it stops like i'm not waiting on that anymore like this is we're we're kind of we're doing this very earnestly and so once it became once it made made itself clear that that was the case i pivoted Mm -hmm. and was like ready to watch exactly the movie that i got yeah, and also I've seen like some criticism where it's like it wasn't enough, like you know, yeah. it wasn't like big enough. It's like, yeah, but it wasn't trying to be big in the way that you that you wish it would have been. Like you're rooting for a different movie to have existed. I also do really think that if it had been the kind of big that they that they say that they would have wanted, the criticism would have become this is big, this is dumb, this is spectacle, this is not Jurassic Park, and it's not Aliens, and it sucks. Like, yeah. if it had gone in that direction. Yeah, it's not Jurassic Park, and it's not Aliens. Yeah. Yeah, the, the anger that it, the criticism it would have gotten would have been different, but I still think it would have gotten just as much criticism. And I didn't realize, because there's been so little promotion about this movie, Yeah. I didn't realize that this was Scott Berg, that this was The Quiet Place, guys. Yeah, yeah. And I, I remember don't know that how, popped back into yeah. my head. I don't know how knowing that in retrospect, you can, especially as somebody as a critic, as somebody whose job it is to know these things, mm-hmm. I don't know how you can look at that, know that they wrote this and go, oh yeah, this is going to be a big dumb spectacle and not, this is going to be a very small, very kind of This contained. is going to be a movie about a father saving yeah. his children in an yeah. impossible situation. 
Like this is, yeah, this is going to be as grounded. Uh, this is going to be a grounded sci-fi under extraordinary circumstances. Yeah, this is going to be the quiet place. Yeah, and that's what. It, so I'm really curious. Like there was, I I don't know. I think it was. It was funny seeing Adam Driver call the dinosaurs aliens. Oh yeah, when he was like, that. there are alien life forms here. It's like those would be alien life forms. There would be alien life forms. Yeah. <laughs> you are on an alien planet. They're alien yeah. life forms. Yeah. yeah. We are aliens to Adam Driver. Yeah. Yeah. And as we should be. We might be aliens to Adam Driver. I was going to say, I think that might just honestly be true. Yeah. If you said to Adam Driver, do you relate more to your character from 65 or to uh, the average human you meet on the street? He'd be like, oh, the character in 65. Yeah. (laughs) I believe Uh, that. uh, Yeah, 100%. Um, I did love because now that I can't unsee how long his torso, how weird, like his just very long torso, because of that one photo of him as Kylo Ren shirtless yeah. with the very high waist pants, and so now yeah. it's all I see when I look at his torso. Um, but I can't remember who. I think it might have been the Vulture review, which was very unforgiving of this movie I, for a number of reasons. Yeah, um, for a number of reasons. One of them was because the person who wrote the review did miss the first three minutes of the movie, which are critical. To your understanding, everything that happens in this movie. Yeah. Like the question being asked in the inter- in, in the in the review was, is he an alien or is he a human who time traveled? And it's like, well, you will only know that answer. I hope specifically. The, I mean, you can't you can't write that review and be like serious. No, because it, mm, you, it was, yeah. You are not you're not critiquing the movie you watched. That's that's a hundred percent what like I promise you that's what it was. Which like like I'm not saying you would have liked it, but if you're gonna no. act like that was an unanswered question, yeah, that's you. That's a user error. It's literally like it's this. I felt when I missed the first five minutes of Cocaine Bear, uh huh. I felt pretty confident knowing that even if I missed the first five minutes of Cocaine Bear, I was gonna know everything that was happening in it. Yeah, yeah. And I do think it's a failing of this movie that that isn't answered necessarily. Sure, sure. But also, like that, or that the only way it's answered is by exposition that is literally title cards. Totally, yeah. But also, it doesn't fundamentally change the quality of this movie if you don't have those answers. It just makes the movie make more sense. Yes, I see the headline to it is, is Adam Driver an alien in 65 or what? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yes, I can cleanly answer that. Yes, that's actually not hard. And then the subhead is, this is mostly, but not entirely, a dilemma of my own making. No, it's entirely a dilemma of your own making. No, I would say entirely. Because it's totally answered in the first 30 seconds of this film. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's in that review where they mentioned that, like, there were multiple versions of this that were cut, that, like, it went through a bunch of, basically sounds like there was a lot of studio intervention that probably from, like, Probably from the fact that it, I'm guessing, didn't test well. Mm, yeah. Which, fair. This doesn't seem like a movie that's going to test well. Because yeah. it's going to confuse people. And it's going to take having, you got to trust in this script that this movie is going to carry it through. Yeah. And then you got to market it right. And not market it the way they marketed it, which is Adam Driver versus dinosaurs. And instead market it basically as, we've landed on an alien planet. Uh-huh. There's still a child alive. We have to get back home. We have to cross 15 kilometers. And then just show a fucking dinosaur, like one of the weird ones that don't look like dinosaurs. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And just let us realize as an audience and tease it with, you You won't want to miss the twist. Uh-huh. Yeah, you, know, you won't want to miss the twist. Play it like M. Night Shyamalan. Be like, be in your, make it really clear in all your press materials. You want to be in your seats from the beginning. Uh-huh. Like, 
and play it like it's an M. Night Shyamalan. There's a reveal that you're not going to see. Yeah, this is, there is a Shyamalanian element, guys. Yeah. I mean, I would even have maybe, like, just playing it out in my head now, I would maybe have even changed the structure of the movie so that we'd, I mean, if we're going to get the, like, because, yes, the, the, the daughter videos were very effective, but also there was a real vibe to them of, um, when you see a movie or a TV show and the cop's wife is dead, and we have the flashbacks to the, you know, the dead wife. Yes. You know, they have a very dead wife flashback vibe to them. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, I kept thinking of the South Park's play on it of like, look at me, Richard, higher, Richard, higher. <laughs> yeah. I just kept thinking of that whenever I would get, the, we'd get those little video clips of the daughter. It might have been more <clears throat> effective to have held the reveal of, hey, I'm doing this trip for two years, like to tease that out that way. Yeah versus do it at the top and then we wouldn't have needed the exposition at the top because then we could have had it revealed of like oh I see now he didn't land on an alien he didn't land 65 million years ago he landed in time with yeah like all of that but I I, yeah I think that like I'm kind of sad about this like I do think it's not this isn't great this isn't a best film but this is no bad in the way that it's getting treated like it is and I think a big part of that is just a combination of audience misunderstanding and studio misunderstanding yeah, because, like, honestly, guys, the movie Leave No Trace is not that much different. Yeah. Like, it's a guy taking care of his daughter living in the woods. And that movie is highly acclaimed. But, like, he's a poor veteran with mental health issues. So it's like, mm, yes, independent film. And this is, like, dinosaurs, man coming from elsewhere in space. And it's like, eh, fuck that pulp trash. Well, and, I mean, yeah, like, how, what is, how is this fundamentally different than The Last of Us? Like, fundamentally, yeah. how is this different than The Last of Us? It's how not. is this that different from The Quiet Place? No. A Quiet Place, a movie that did phenomenally well. Yeah. Like, it, it's the same goddamn thing. It's just the blueprint. Like, that's the thing that is kind of insane about the... And again, I just think that this is increasingly... This just keeps happening of... And I, I guess this is maybe the bigger discussion of the direction in which critics criticisms have gone which is there's a difference between it wasn't for me and Uh this was bad and I feel like increasingly we're losing the this wasn't for me or this wasn't what I thought it was going to be and being able to pivot on that yeah you know there's a gap here there's yeah in the same way that like we're seeing criticisms of every everything everywhere all at once now this like backlash (laughs) about it which is fucking bananas it's a great movie like you're all idiots about that but there's a difference of it didn't connect with me. I didn't understand the character's central problems mm-hmm. versus the movie didn't do what it set out to do well. Yeah. <laughs> Those are two very different things. That's why, like, I'm very upset still about the way the reception of Turning Red because Turning Red is basically baby everything everywhere all at once. Like, yeah, okay. it's the Muppet Baby's version of it. And I'm not saying that <laughs> because it deals with, like, two Asian communities. It's truly it's because they're both about mother-daughter stories and yeah. about – the inherited trauma and the ways that we try to live up to our parents' expectations and fail and the way that parents can pass on their fear of failure and, like, discomfort with changes. And it's, mm-hmm. it's a, I mean, Turning Red's a beautiful movie and should have gotten, it should, it should have been, it can be viewed in conjunction with everything, everywhere, all, all at once, thematically in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And it gets dismissed as a period movie because, right, well, yeah. it, you know, it's a, it's a movie about periods. It's like, no, it's a movie about when your body completely changes and all of a sudden you 
don't feel a connection with your mother anymore and she wants to keep the monster inside of you from coming out and the monster yeah. inside of you is just fucking hormones. Um, but in that same way that like it, these, th- I think that critics to a large degree are not able to interact with movies in this with the nuance of it didn't do it didn't do it for me but it was competent mm-hmm. and this movie is actually I mean I would absolutely again, call this movie competent it's competent yeah I, I particularly because it's 90 minutes like I do think they there was a criticism I saw of like well you know he's got it sets up things that never pays like his his side wound and yeah, the side one, they should have left that one off the table because, yeah. like, it was like, oh, it's a gangrenous infection. And it's like, no, no, he'll find. No, yeah. Like, it, it should have come back up again. I wonder if it, something got cut. Likewise, right. there's the whole sequence where she's sleeping in the cave and there's, like, a bug that crawls into her mouth and causes her to basically start, like, frothing at the mouth. And yeah. he has to get it out, get the bug out of her mouth. And that never comes. It doesn't get dealt with or comes up. And there were criticisms of those things. And I was kind of like, well, how much of that is the script and how much of that do you think is the studio editing it down to 90 minutes which like and i i think they i think they did the right thing in the edit down fuck it give me 90 minutes i it could have i feel like we could have probably gotten to 40 we could have had seven extra minutes in this movie and it wouldn't we wouldn't have felt it yeah no 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 i i don't think so yeah but for a movie that the movie moved quickly and got where it needed to in 90 minutes and i think that's you know Ten years ago, this would have been a, a two-plus-hour movie. Yeah. You know, like this. There is a world in which this is a much longer movie, and it sucks. And you know, I also saw someone who's like, it was the same thing, complaining about like, complaining about his side wound, complaining, about, and basically saying, you know, and then he falls out of a tree and dislocates his shoulder, and all of a sudden he can just, you know, be Rambo again. And it's like, well, what movies doesn't that happen? Fuck like, you, guys. Let's John Wick is Wick about being... to get incredible reviews for Chapter yeah. Four, and the amount that that man gets fucking destroyed yeah. in the fourth chapter alone is insane. John Wick never gets hit by bullets. Like that's not how bullets work. Well, his suits are Kevlar. That is true, but still, like my. <laughs> <laughs> but Kevlar also like only works so much but the point is is that like yeah i don't want don't i don't want to hear that shit i don't want to hear that shit at all if we're really gonna if like and and by the way so he when that happens so he climbs up a tree to like figure out where the escape pod is. yeah he needs a signal yeah and then he falls out of the tree because there are creepy bugs on his hand very relatable oh yeah totally really i would also fall out of a tree while like clutching onto the tree because i would be like oh shit because i had ants the size of fucking baseballs on my hand totally get it he falls out of the tree dislocates his shoulder and then there's like a raptor pack that comes up to them and you know starts to attack them or no these are the um the weird like lizardy creatures start to attack them oh yeah those are the lizardy that's the lizardy creatures and the infinite bad guy lizard creatures there's so many that pack must have had like 30 goddamn yeah huge huge and again shooting a gun an an object a thing they have never heard before does not scare them off (laughs) which scientifically we can't prove it wouldn't have no you know just saying um but the sequence of him trying to snap his shoulder back into place and then having the girl having koa like stand on his arm so he can snap it back into place and be like put pressure on it that was great great sequence harrowing worked really well you know and again i i was not gonna question whether or not he could snap his shoulder back into place and then fire a gun. Because I've seen baseball players do that. Snap their, Cody Bellinger snapped his shoulder back into place and kept playing baseball. Like, that's Jesus. not... Yeah. Yeah, he finally had to, like, take the season off to get his shoulder repaired. But he, for a little while, like, just was dislocating his shoulder. Wow. It's 
it's not unheard of. And right, so, yeah. <laughs> it's not unheard of. If we're going to go with the premise that like, you know, if we're going to go with the premise that people in movies are a little bit rubbery, then yeah, we kind of yeah. have to just accept that like unless the movie's not going to play, make, unless the movie's going to make it very clear that we're not playing by those rules. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's what we have now. That's, you know, that's yeah, the Jason if you want to watch a movie that the like Jason bornification of the action hero. Like, yeah, if you want to see a movie where like it really takes a toll that mounts up over the court, watch the movie The Beast. It's an Italian action movie. It's on Netflix. That guy, he's getting chipped away at over the course of a movie. He feels it every step of the mm-hmm. way. Go watch that movie. Or that's not Let's this go back movie. to the original Die Hard. And the fact that Die Hard did it that way was yeah. pretty shocking at the time. Like, yeah, of, you, you, the fact that you see John McClane feeling it every step of the way is part of the, is a major part of that movie. Yeah. We don't in our movies expect the heroes to feel their injuries unless it is relevant to the story. Yeah. <laughs> and you can't go changing those rules just because you think that the movie 65 didn't do what you specifically wanted to do, which was yeah. like some mix of neorealism mixed with Jurassic Park. Like, I'm sorry, that's not... That's not the movie that you, anybody's going to get. And it's not a movie you would particularly enjoy if you got it. Yeah. Yeah. Do we do we feel... Oh, and by the way, guys, when they get it, they find... They're, they're making their way from the crash site to the escape patch, which is on a mountaintop elsewhere. So they have to travel that 15 kilometers to get there. They do get to the escape pod. They do... Man, the distress call was answered. A rendezvous point was set. They chart the course... After they nuke the dinosaur with the geyser, the T-Rex-ish with the dinosaur, uh, they get in that pod. They eject right as the colossal uh, meteor is about to hit Earth. And they are off to the rendezvous point. I mean, it is concurrent. It's amazing. Yeah, they are going past the (laughs) asteroid. As if they are like two people passing each other on an escalator is them and and the, and the, the meteorite. Um... And yeah, so I does just, that, I does that, that us to yeah, what to, to what really this is about. really about. And I know you wanted to get a plug in I, there before I we do, do that. I do want to first, you know, guys. You go for is, it while I is, use the restroom. You please. I'm going to just take this time to tell you all about, actually, I'm just going to wait for it to come back because it's really sad when I do it on my own because then I'm just talking to myself. I didn't plug anything because I started talking and I was like, this is just weird. So Jordan. <laughs> it's like me doing pickups for feeling scene. Yeah. I just was like, I don't want to do this. I want to wait and just have Jordan and ask Jordan dumb questions. Go for it. Like Jordan, you know, have you learned that graphic design is my passion? Yes, I've learned that. Recently. Yeah, I just learned that recently too. I, was say, graphic I think design, you've learned that recently. I have zero graphic skills. I have no visual skills. And yet somehow, somehow Printful has let me do this. Um, so yeah, all it takes is heart. It, it does. Heart and like a little moment of inspiration. And that inspiration came to me while I was watching 65, <laughs> yeah. uh, where I went, I should really make the Disaster Dad, Disaster Mom, and Disaster Child shirts look way cooler than they currently do. Ah, and okay. so now, the Disaster She's we have a iterating, whole line. folks. We have a whole line for the whole Disaster family. We've got Disaster Mom, Disaster Dad, Disaster Child shirts. We've also got mugs that say World's Greatest Disaster Dad or World's Greatest Disaster <laughs> yeah. Mom. Because, you know, Mother's Day and Father's Day are coming up. So you might want to give that to somebody special in your life. And, of course. The, I should honestly the, get one of those for my dad. Yeah, get it for him. He doesn't have to know what it means. He can just be like, yeah, you think I'm a disaster. That's great. Yeah, it no, and matter. he is. He's a disaster of a dad. And you know what? That's sometimes you just got to let those disastrous parents know that you love them, too. <laughs> 
like, you world's know, not, greatest disaster of a dad. Yeah, they're not the best dad, but they're the best dad in the current disaster you're in. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, get it for the loved ones in your life. World's and, and I think I I think they're fucking delightful. Um, and so yes, they are the they are disaster dad. Disaster mom, disaster child, and the A in disaster is a volcano. There was also a, <laughs> a meteor striking in the background. It's mm-hmm. go check it out. It's on disastergirls.myshopify.com. Just take a quick look, see if it strikes your fancy. If it meteor strikes your fancy, meteor. 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 Make the dinosaurs meteor. meteor. Yeah. <laughs> so. We got we got parent based holidays coming up. Go celebrate with that. Go get yourself get your parents something fun. Get yourself uh, treat yourself to a stop killing Shelly Winters blanket bathing suit. Yeah. Get bathing suit. Bathing suit. A doctor lady scientist hat for the doctor lady scientist in your life. <laughs> Look, we're a niche, but I think that we're a niche that our listeners in particular need to have filled. Yeah, I mean, if you're going mm-hmm. to be the niche, be the best you can be. Yeah, and. As I as I've said before, uh, our podcast is targeted specifically to OEM Twitter. So <laughs> I know there are some disaster dads and disaster moms out there listening right now who could use. Yeah, there have got to be engineers who who want disaster dad merch. Yeah, get disaster child for your toddler. They don't know what it says. <laughs> Why not get it for the get it for the stray child who you've taken in in your life because their parents died in a horrible tragic meteor strike. Like meteor strike, yeah. Yeah, and then you just buy by proxy have because them. they were hit by a stonado. Yeah, for the stonado orphans out there, <laughs> yeah. get a disaster child shirt. So, Jordan, what do you think this movie was really about? I I really like what we started out talking about. How like this planet is like its system doesn't actually like they have such advanced technology. We can travel through space. We can cryo freeze people, but healthcare is not free. But, like, we're still paying for fucking healthcare. And it's just, like, it really, I think it is about how if you do not, if you do not address the root of the systemic problem, you're just going to repeat it. If you just think that you're going to disrupt and tech your way out of modern social, technical, industrial problems... Because somebody waved a magic wand and now you can exploit on-demand car drivers with the push of a button. Like, that's not making the air cleaner. That's not making the roads less cluttered. That's just a way for people to get rich taking advantage of gig workers. Yeah. So if you're not going to actually address, if you're not going to actually take equality out from the fucking root and pull it out and get rid of it and start over again then you will just be plagued by these same exact problems of our peak capitalism system. Because again, here we have clearly an advanced society that a man has to take a job that pays him triple that will remove him from his family for three years, for two years, to hopefully, hopefully get the care for his daughter that will cure her. Or turns out, guess what, guys? That salary that went to getting better medical treatment, she fucking died anyway. So instead, he just ran the hamster wheel to be away from his family when his daughter died regardless. So it's about how shinier toys 
and better tech and more convenience uh, does not is not what will save us. And fuck Silicon Valley Bank. Let them burn. <laughs> okay. I like it. I, I like it. I think uh, this movie is about one of the most inherent parts of being human is how you survive the unexpected. Yeah. Um, I think like this is a movie that is entirely about surviving the things that that hit your life like an asteroid. Mm-hmm. You know, the your kid getting sick. And how do you how do you resolve that? Well, you take a job. How do you what do you do when the kid your kid gets is what do you do when the medical treatments don't do anything to save the kid? Yeah. What do you do when you land on a planet and there's no way to and there's no way off? <laughs> yeah. What do you do when it fi- you find out that that planet is going to be struck by an asteroid? Yeah. This is a movie about I think ultimately like not just surviving the literal asteroid impacts in your life, but also the metaphorical asteroid impacts in your it's life. It's true. You know, and so I that's that to me. I, I, again, saw somebody, I think it was, a, I saw a tweet or something saying, like, this is a movie without any sort of uh, political or larger message, which, if, you know, if you're, we're uh, here to if disagree. If you're uninteresting, sure. Yeah, we uh, we are always going to say that every one of these movies does have something else about it. Um, but yeah, I think in this case, like, looking at how human this movie, uh, this movie is ultimately a deeply human movie, and I yeah. think that... Yeah, the asteroid is a metaphor for all of the unexpected things that just fucking hit you when you're least when you're just like not seeing it coming. When your chips are already down, man. Yeah, yeah and then just another fucking thing happens. And then you got to figure out how to survive that too. And sometimes you find an escape hatch and sometimes you have to burn the face off a T-Rex in the process. Yeah. But you gotta, that you T-Rex does knock your your escape hatch upright so that it can then be, you know, go eject. Yeah, that's so, that's yeah. the silver lining of that problem. Yeah, that's so that's what I think this movie is really about. Would you do any fantasy casting on this? No, love Adam Driver for this. Yeah, love Adam Driver for this, and a little girl did a great job. Both the yeah. little girls did a great job. I would still, I would, you know, we got it with Carrie with Carrie Russell in Cocaine Bear. I would love to. Carrie start Russell seeing, could star in this movie oh, for sure. Yes, I, I I would like to start seeing more mom or like mom figure to mm. the childs of you know a woman being stuck with a kid that she doesn't necessarily know what to do with and just like yeah if i gender swap this i would make it like a lashana lynch situation yeah yeah great she would totally work uh i think that that would be a, a great i think lashana lynch and anything's gonna be fantastic yeah yeah you and i have talked before about wanting to see charisma carpenter you know, ascend to action supremacy you're so right there's a dtv version of this that stars charisma <clears throat> carpenter yeah, man. We've yeah. seen her do stunts. She's ready. She's ready. Let Charisma Carpenter punch a T-Rex. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In the Charisma version, she has to punch the T-Rex. Yes. And the T-Rex is like a rubber head on a stick because it yeah. does not have this budget. But no. I do. There is a version of this movie. I would love to start seeing some of these sorts of movies. Like, okay. I just don't want to see another hot daddy. I'm sorry. I'm sick <laughs> yeah. of hot daddies. I'm burnt out on the daddies. Especially because we're getting into weird territory, guys. Like, well, like you can be burned out all on the daddy. Projecting. So Pedro Pascal can have them all. I just Pedro Pascal deserves all the daddies. He does deserve the daddies. He deserves all the daddies and like a fucking daiquiri on a beach. Yeah, he does. Because that is this man has put up with too much of the internet's thirsting. No human should have to know the things <laughs> that people have said about pa- Pedro Pascal. 
I'm sorry. Like it's a lot. It's a lot. Of, that's a lot. You can't unknow. You can't unknow. And the man, let the man breathe. <laughs> he should be able to grocery shop without wondering if someone's like, I wish that he would step on my throat and shit in my face. Yeah, it's like, true. He should that's be a weird to... thing to have to wonder about when you're just yeah. at Trader Joe's, man. Yeah, just let the man buy his JoJo's in peace. <laughs> it's fucking weird. Like, I, you know, I'm the foremost man luster. Yeah. I, I, I loudly and proudly will lust after a man, but it's getting yes. weird, guys. <laughs> it's getting weird. You're getting, it's getting inappropriate. It's, it's when, it's when straight people started uh appropriating the language of gay thirst that it just got really uncomfortable yeah yeah like oh guys you don't know how to do this no don't do it like please stop it's just (laughs) and stop making them be aware of it like if if the worst moment one of the worst moments I've had as a baseball fan was when I was told by someone that yes the Dodger players see many of the tweets that get written Mm. And you might want to think twice about whether or not you can, you personally can ask for autographs if you see them. Oh, and I was like, huh, well, this is horrifying. (laughs) Well, I dislike all of that because the only reason I feel safe being as ridiculous as I am about baseball players on Twitter, and I'm pretty low key, like I'm not saying anything particularly offensive, is with the firm knowledge that these people should not know what I'm saying. Yeah. They should never know what the peons say, what us normies think of them. It is not, they, none of them should ever be like, wow, uh, she said that she wants to live inside of my locker so that she can get my discarded gym clothes and just bathe in them. Like, that's right. not a world I think any of them should know. And so certainly none of them should be asked about these things on a red carpet. No, I'm uncomfortable with people being asked about thir- tw- thirst tweets about themselves. Yeah, it's weird. Deeply weird. Man, that got we got sidetracked. Sorry about that. Does that uh, mean does that mean next episode is a La Brea? It does. But first, Jordan, how many towering infernos are you giving sixty five? Uh, I'm gonna give it three point seven five. Oh wow, okay. I think I'm gonna, it, I think it's more of like a three point five movie, but mm-hmm. for spite, for spite to offset its critical rating, I'm gonna give it a three point seven five. Okay, fair. I'm giving it an even three. Great. Just, I think that's a totally fair number. It is. It like I would not particularly have noticed how much I liked the movie if I didn't see so many people much in the same way you're like doing it out of spite if I didn't see so many people say they didn't like it it wouldn't have even occurred to me not to like it yeah and I I I think this movie had the audacity to take this seriously but it wasn't ever it didn't ever feel dour to me so like good for them good for them I I can have this be more earnest alongside my cocaine bear fantastic yeah which was also a movie that was said didn't go hard enough. So, like, what the fuck do you guys want out of these movies? Yeah, what do you want? What do you, how gonzo do you want this shit at this <laughs> yeah, point? Like, like, do you want someone, like, getting fucked by the cocaine bear? Because at a certain point, it's just going to get really inappropriate. Yeah, yeah. No, we're, it's, you guys just have to, you have to accept that, I feel you like You have to accept people, that the internet has poisoned you and yeah. you need to come back. Yeah, that sometimes a movie can just be fine, and that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Let movies just be fine. And I like I I props to props to Sony and Braun for putting out a movie that's like a tender father daughter story about a man putting himself back together. That's also like with dinosaurs. Yeah. Okay. They took a swing on it too. Say like, yes as a, to that. Fuck yeah. With as boring as the film landscape has gotten, fuck yeah. Yeah, I'm all for it. I'm all Great. for it. 
Yeah. This is so, more satisfying to me than any of the last three Jurassic movies. Absolutely. Oh, uh, I and mean, like so, like yeah, this was dinosaurs. I wanted. I want to do. I would do again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would do. I would do. You know, sixty-five part two, where they land, <laughs> they go back to re-explore, and it's like, I don't know, ten million years after. Like you can't. But the point, I, I would have done. <laughs> I would have done. I would have done aliens. But dinosaurs, um, 100% with this movie. Like, I would I would be on board with that. Yeah, it's it's a shame that it didn't find, it didn't, it's not finding its footing. Yeah, I mean, also, it's a shame that the movie ends with, you know, a, an extinction level event, which kind of precludes <laughs> having sequels. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, yeah. So yes, Jordan, to answer your question, we go back in time to 10,000 BC for the Going back in time finale. again! Season finale of 10,000 BC, La Brea. We, we had out. just like a finale a level amount of stuff. Like, well, yeah, just we're like happened. building. Yeah, well, because the last episode we talked about was part one of this two-part finale. Yeah. And so, yes, we are going to get the resolution on this two-part finale. We'll find out what's going on with Gavin, answer our questions about that. And, uh, you know, we'll roll into prepare ourselves mentally and emotionally for the the stirring conclusion next season. I'm just excited. I'm just yeah. excited to see Natalie Z cause and then solve more problems. God, the Harrises. I love them so much. Yeah, the Harrises. I love, like, you want to talk about disaster families. Oh, the man. What There's a disaster, your disaster of a family right Absolutely there. Absolutely a disaster family. But yeah, so we got that next week. In the meantime, Jordan, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at JorCru, J O R C R U. Uh, and then uh, check out the feeling scene pod new interviews every week uh having wonderful conversations with people and then we've got a couple bonus episodes of the aughts pod coming your way so check those out too we're talking about scream six. Oh, nice a, a, a big event for you yeah i loved it so yes <laughs> and then of course i'm amanda smith says on twitter um and then we are disaster underscore pod on twitter where DisasterGirls.MyShopify.com is our merch site. DisasterGirlsPod at gmail.com. Uh, take some minute, a couple minutes. Give us a five-star rating and review if you've got time. Please. It's always super appreciated. Very helpful. Spread the good word of Disaster Girls wherever you go. Um, but otherwise, we'll see you all back next week for La Brea. See you then, guys. Bye. <laughs>